On today's show, our guest is Alex Congdon. If you've ever lived in another country that's not your own, you know how isolating that can be. Sure, the adventure is fun and it's empowering to build a life for yourself with nothing but your skills and your personality, but what about the ultimate challenge of setting up a brand new business in a country that's not your own? Talk about going all in. For some, business comes easy, but for the, even for the most experienced of us, building a new business in a new country can be very daunting to say the least. Our guest today is a fellow podcaster whose show is called Expat Business Hero. Alex is a Brit who's lived abroad in Europe for the past 14 years, and he's worked all over Europe, including in Germany, the UK, and Sweden, and he now resides in Geneva in Switzerland. There were many times in his corporate career where he wished that the morning train would just keep going past his stop and not let him off. Like all business owners, there comes a point when you have to go all in. And for Alex, it happened at 3 a.m. one morning when he got up out of bed after tossing and turning all night and just decided that the huge property opportunity that he was sitting on was not going to pass him by. Fast forward 14 years and Alex now runs his very own super successful property business. His highly refined management skills, coupled with the very best team a property guy could ask for, has ensured his ongoing success and the growth of his business. Coaching and mentoring corporate executives to become independent of their employment and transition into their own business is also a deep passion of Alex's. When you marry his leadership skills with his ability to articulate virtually any message, I can pretty much guarantee that you will learn something about setting up a business in a foreign land in this interview. I'm excited he's here, so please help me in welcoming Alex Congdon. Hey, are you totally committed? Are you playing full out? Are you all in? Hi, my name is Robert Brass, and this is the Go All In Podcast. Join me as we explore amazing stories of success, heartache, and absolute triumph by those who have gone all in. I'm glad you're here, so let's get to it and do whatever it takes to go all in and create the life of your dreams. G'day, Alex. Welcome to the show, mate. It's great to have you here. Uh, absolute pleasure to finally be on the show with you, Robert. Thanks for uh, the invitation. It's been a bit of effort to try and sync our calendars, but we're here. I like to start off my shows with a little quick to get to know you quiz. It helps us calm the nerves, warms us up a little bit in a rapid fire way. And maybe your friends and family that are listening will learn something about you that they don't already know. You ready? Absolutely. Let's try it. All right, man. First thing that comes to mind in no particular order, it's pretty random, rapid fire. Tell me, do you prefer coaching or mentoring? Mentoring. Which one do you prefer for cash flow, property or business? You know, I've started with property, so I'll say property. But there's something special about businesses that you can just grow them exponentially. Much so, faster than property, right? Yes. Nice, nice. I like business a lot more than property as well for that very reason. You get good cash flow out of property, but exponential growth is controlled in business, which Absolutely. I like. Do you like commercial or residential property? Again, I started with residential when I first got into property investing and it's done very well for me. But there's something about commercial that also allows you to create endless possibilities. So what can I say? Residential, been very loyal to me. Commercial is more exciting. Nice one. Do you prefer public speaking or writing? We all have a big fear of public speaking. So do I. But the thrill of it is like nothing else. So public speaking. Nice one. So you live in an incredible place in Switzerland, in Geneva, 
and almost as nice as where I live on the ocean. Do you prefer the mountains or the ocean? You got me there. See, I grew up by the sea in Cornwall in England. Mm-hmm. So I love the sea and I love the sound of the waves and the ocean behind me. But I tell you what, 14 years of living here, the mountains just change you. And I honestly am now addicted. So it's the mountains and the lakes are now my thing. And we spend so much time up in the mountains, you know, especially in the winter. So, you know, mountain, a long answer for a very simple question, but mountains. Summer or winter in Switzerland, what's better? I think the summer is actually better. I think it's got a great climate. Uh, you know, having said that, the winters you can ski, which is brilliant. And we, we go skiing a lot. But the summers here are better. It's better than the UK anyway, which is not difficult. So which is where I'm from. But uh, yeah. I'm, I'm like sitting here with envy hearing about that because I can just I can just I can just visualize the mountains in Switzerland in summertime and in wintertime. So I have to come and visit and hang out with you for a little while. Anytime. Beautiful, mate. What would you prefer? Would you prefer working away in the office or would you rather be out networking, meeting new clients? See, I've done the office thing, you see, done that, been there. Um, for me now, it's, it's a different phase. It's all about getting out there, having the independence and freedom to get out there and network and meet people, make connections. Yeah, That's offices right. kill me. <laughs> Would you say that you're old school or new age? You should ask my children that. And I, I think you get the right answer. <laughs> Your children are Which one do you think they'll say? Right? Which one do you think they'll say? <laughs> I reckon they're going to play both sides of the fence. He's a bit old-fashioned mm. in some things, but he's very modern and forward-thinking in others. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I hope they say that, Robert. I'll ask them afterwards. <laughs> ask them later. Last one. That's a serious one. You ready? Yeah. Can you sing, mate? Uh, I sang my way at a karaoke party about three weeks ago, and I, I don't know why I did it. I, I was given the microphone, never done it before. And uh, there you go. I blasted it out and uh, I just didn't care what everyone thought, which was a good moment for me because I think I did care before. I think was I'm caring well less. It was well received. Yes. I didn't win anything, but there you go. You know, <laughs> I managed to embarrass a lot of people, but that's fine. I'm caring less these days, which is better. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you for sharing all of that with us, mate. That's a little bit of fun to start off the show. Well, people come on over to the go all in podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you would, mate, could you please share with us your biggest go all in story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? Wow. Yeah. Great question. I mean, I think I've had a few of these stories in my life. I think one of the, one of the ones that you know, comes out the most for me was when we were in the family, that was my wife and I were, were uh, in the transition of moving from the UK to Switzerland. I had this great idea to create a business and my first business about 15 years ago in real estate. And, um, you know, I'd created the idea. I'd got some mentoring. I got some systems and, and I pressed the button and I went for it. And I, it was, it was a seminal moment for me because it was just one decision that said, I have to do this. And immediately I had a roadblock because we had to move country and you know, how the hell was I going to carry on doing this business? And I, I mean, I just started it, you know, you know, we were, I was going to be in creating and investing and building properties and so forth, but there was moving countries. So, how, so that decision at that point to say, no matter what, no matter this geographical disadvantage and everything else, I'm going to still go ahead with this. And I did. Um, it was very difficult. It was very challenging because you have to now rely upon other people to support you in that journey and they're going to be everywhere. So that, that creating that business was, that was my first real business that I created and it's still with me today. You know, what can I say? It, it, it laid the foundation. 
Was it something that, were you sitting on a deal? Did you have a property deal in front of you or were you just of the idea that you actually wanted to start the business and then go and find a deal? Well, I mean, I think, I don't know what it is for many people, but for me, what happened was, you know, I often say this, I say, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And I was ready. I was ready and I was inspired. I, I'd, I'd followed a number of teachings from people around investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book and, I, I, and others. And I said, I want a system that's going to enable me to create this vision for myself. And so I found the teachers. I found them and I found the mentors. And I did the program and I, and I studied and I was ready to go. And I remember there was one moment when I was, you know, I'd found my first deal. It was, a, it was an enormous deal. It was amazing. It was really, it was there for the taking. And I was just, something was, resistance was there. I couldn't go through with it. And I remember lying in bed. This was back in the UK at night, all night, turning and tossing, you know, breaking out into cold sweats, thinking, oh my God, if I don't do this, then it's all over because I'll have missed this deal. The momentum will go and I'll be just like everyone else. And everyone else is 95% of the people that do these sort of things they never follow through. Mm-hmm. And the fear of not, I, I just did not want to lose. It reminded me a little bit of the, you know, the time when I used to run, I used to be an athlete, you know, a hurdler and, and a 400 meter flat runner. And I remember it was as much coming around that final bend, feeling I'm not going to lose to that guy that that was the feeling that kept me going more than the wanting to win is I'm not going to lose to him. So it was the same in this sense. I just, you know, I did, I, so I got up, I mean, it's three or four in the morning. I got up and I said, that's it. I'm going to do it and never look back from then. But it was, that's, that was the turning point for me. It was staying awake all night and saying, I cannot let this go. And then after that, it was just hard work and luck. Well, I, I think in business, in any venture that you go into, I think there, there's an element of luck in what you do. And I think you can define luck in business as timing. And sometimes the time is just right. And it's like, man, I'm so lucky to have this right here in front of me. And then you're procrastinating about a decision. You know, I should have sold the Bitcoin when it was at $27,000, not when it was at $16,000. I should have made the decision at that point. You know, it's like the, you've got to make your own luck in business, but you've also got to be objective about making the decision and, going in and doing that. How far along were you in that business when you realized it was going to start paying dividends for you, that it was actually going to turn into something decent and it was doing all the things that you wanted it to do and you were planning for it to do? I think it was a few years later, actually, for me. Yeah, it, it was almost as if I'd got into a clockwork mode of just growing the business and I didn't think too much. I, it was just, it was in, you know, execution mode. And it was a few years later when I suddenly had a time, and it, it was a quiet period, you know, and I looked back and I just said, oh my God, what have, I, what have I created here? And I could see this thing and it was just, wow, I, I, I've created this machine and it, it, was, it was throwing off money, but I didn't, you know, I just reinvested the money always back in, but it was, it was making an impact on people's lives. And I've, I've had people that I've managed to, you don't realize it, but when you're in real estate, you do actually connect people. So I, I managed to yeah. connect people that, you know, were renting and, People got engaged and invited me to their weddings and things like that. But I then looked back and a few years later and said, I've created something. And it was the most amazing feeling because it, you realize you created something for yourself, for your, for your children, for the future. And the idea of creating an asset which will grow with time as long as you nurture it, that came a few years later. And it was a very profound feeling. And it made me realize that actually when you're in business, you've got to think the long term. 
you got to be prepared to invest for the long term. And, you know, there's no such thing as a quick win or a quick buck here and there. You know, you've got to be able to lay down the work and build the foundations. And did you have a job at the time when you started it? Or is that when you decided to quit your job and go into the business full time? So I just left a corporate role when I was starting this business. So this was my reaction to coming out of that corporate role. It was, <laughs> uh, you know, we've all been there and, and I had an amazing time working for the companies I did before. I, I traveled the world. I worked in Italy, Germany, the UK. But I remember at one point, you know, I was sitting on a train going from London down to my place of work, you know, face pressed up against the window, cold rain. It was miserable. It was miserable, I tell you. And I was, and I was feeling miserable. My stomach was like, I cannot get off at my stop. You know, I cannot do this. I just wanted to carry on going down to the beach, you know. And, and when you do that a few times, you suddenly realize there's something wrong here. You've got to make a change. And I probably didn't act quick enough. But eventually I did act and I moved on. And, you know, whether or not you're going to go into another role or whether you're going to create a business, I'm not going to say what people should do. But the point is, life's a bit short not to do what really gives you energy and inspiration. And you've got to find that. It's easy to say that, of course, because we've all got pressures. We've got financial pressures. We've got families and so forth. And I was just starting a family at that point. But I must say that I've always been someone, you know, that goes with this gut feeling about what I like to work with, who I like to work with. So that was my transition, you know, into entrepreneurship at that point. When you took the leap into property, did you feel like you'd bitten off more than you could chew at any point? I think when, uh, I mean, <laughs> I did some bigger projects and development projects and I think things go wrong. And I think that's, mm-hmm. and it's only now I realize that actually you need to build into your mindset that stuff happens. And if you understand that, you go into things a little bit more with your eyes open. But at the time, it's alarming. I mean, when you're, when, you're reno- you know, when you've got a building that you've got a few floors and you're renovating and then the workers are putting, falling through the floors and into the shop below, and yep. I get a call telling me that that's just happened. Mm-hmm. It's not fun and it's a bit stressful, but you deal with it. <laughs> you have to deal with it. But now I've come to realize that that's actually, that's just the way it is. You just have to you know, build your systems and your, you know, your things around that. And I think that whether it's property or, or moving into other things that I'm doing now and, you know, working in media, and training and mentoring, I've got the same mentality now. Stuff is going to happen. But I think the approach I've got is learn from those who've made those mistakes in front of you, find out who they are, read their books, listen to them talk, (laughs) make good connections, and at least you can reduce maybe some of the mistakes you're going to make. That's very, very sound advice. And I've heard that said many times before by experienced business guys. I feel really lucky in, in my world, in the digital marketing world, you build stuff the same. We build assets the same as you build skyscrapers or residential properties, the same thing, but it's just a digital perspective. And often I look at my brother, who's my business partner, and I think, man, I'm so glad that we don't have to worry about the concrete truck coming or the plumber turning up or the sparky turning up, you know, the the things that we have are commoditized and I mean it with respect, they're commoditized services, you know, the design, yeah. the development and the digging ditches of building things is pretty easy to do. How do you handle teams of people? Because corralling people can be like herding cats sometimes. And how do you handle when there's slippage in your timelines and things are not going to plan in the project management? Do you get stressed about that or you roll with the punches? How do you handle that? Yeah, good question. I mean, and I must say, look, there are parallels between 
the real bricks and mortar world and the digital world. And I'm in both. And I love both those worlds, just, just like you do. And both of them, you need to learn how to manage teams and resources to get stuff done. I think in the real estate world, I'm much more dependent upon other people. Stuff happens all the time. I think the first thing is build your teams using the values that, you, that are important to you. You know, I'm very careful about who I work with. I make mistakes sometimes, but I try to pick people that resonate with me and where we have shared values of integrity and you know, supporting each other and not necessarily have to be the best person, but you've at least got to, your heart's got to be in it. You know, and that's the main thing. I, I appreciate attitude more than aptitude necessarily. So that's, that's very important is, you know, picking your teams like that and making sure that you as a leader, when you're leading, you've got to lead with intent. You've got to set the intent about where you're trying to go to. You can't necessarily give all the details. Um, and I think it's a very similar construct. You talk about in the military like that. If you as a leader have made it clear to your people where you're trying to get to, if you're not there, they will still go there themselves. And that's what you've got to try to instill in them. It's the same in the digital space, which I'm, you know, I've been getting more and more into this space over the years. And now I'm actually starting to build teams and help me as I try to create my, my podcast out and my digital courses. I am going to need more people to support me. But the dangerous thing about working in the digital space, as you'll know, is that everyone thinks they can do a bit. It's actually quite easy to go in and log in and do this and hack away and create stuff. And hey, you can actually get quite far. Yeah. Yeah. But the trouble is, is that, but why would you, you'd never dream of doing that if you had a real estate business. I've got my architects, I've got my, you know, project managers and finance people. I've got huge teams. I'm not going to dabble in their stuff. So why would you do the same in the digital space? So the same principles have to apply here. And I'm doing that. I'm learning as I go along. Um, pick your people carefully. Give them a clear um, vision about what you're trying to do. It doesn't matter if someone is a, is a contractor sitting somewhere in, in Bangladesh or whatever. Treat them like they're part of your business and treat them as human beings and be, you know, take care of them and they'll take care of you as well. You'll make mistakes, of course, but that is what, you know, these are the principles I use when I try to build teams and uh, long, yeah, long, long may I try to get success out of that approach. Yeah, and I sometimes look at other people and their businesses and how successful they are and I look at that with envy in that they must be really good leaders, but the reality is they have good intent and the intent, Everybody understands the intent and their leadership is usually, well, I've studied that a lot actually, the, their leadership is usually around the intention of what it is that they're trying to seek and everybody's on board with that intent. They all move in the same mm. direction. I've tried to adopt that within my business and the intention is to get this client's website out or whatever it might be. And it's, it, as you say, it's so easy to be mm. drawn into that rabbit hole of, you know, moving this around, fixing it's, that. CSS there's a very subtle difference, isn't there? Because yeah. some people think that leadership is telling other people what they need to do. Yeah. And then if and the developer comes along, good. you get racked on the back of the knuckles, get out of there, pal. What are you doing? Yeah. Don't touch, you know, you're going to break everything. And then we've got 10 other things going on related to that. Stop it. And yeah. you know, I've learned to kind of too many cooks are spoiling the, the broth in the kitchen type thing. So I get my, my dirty hands out of there as well. So that's, that's good advice. Tell me, mate, you've been in, in business for quite a long time now, 14, 15 years. Can you remember when you took a dive to go and do it? Did it feel like a calling or a yearning or was it more in your, in your head? Like it was a decision that you made or was it something that you were drawn to? I'm interested to hear about because properties are a big commitment. There's big dollars, big contracts, big risks and all those sorts of things. And when you're going early on there, is it a decision-making process in your mind, rationalizing, or is it heartfelt? It's a bit of both, I must admit, because there are things going on inside you that it, they're difficult to describe sometimes. 
I was the very good corporate guy. You know, I did a, I had a great career and you know, I, I executed well. But there was something missing inside. And I don't know if that's something which has come that's been inspired from other things, maybe, you know. But I was seeking adventure. I was seeking freedom. I was seeking independence. And I was also seeking, you know, this, this juxtaposition between security and freedom, which inherently conflict, right? Mm -hmm. On the one hand, you want to create financial security for the future, which is what you can do with a business or, or even a corporate career. But at the same time, you want the freedom to be able to operate how you want to operate. So I've had both of those feelings inside of me, but it was the freedom thing that won. I, I'm not there yet, but I'm trying to get there. And, but the, there's a plan behind it. And that is that to be free to be able to do what you want to do, you need to be able to create platforms. You need to be able to create a platform for yourself, whether that's a financial platform of security or whether it's a, a platform of, of people that follow you that you can influence, but you need to create things and that takes long-term thinking and investment. But now, yeah, so it's a funny one there, Rob. I don't know if I answered it well for you, but it's, um, I certainly, one of, the, one of the things I do say a lot is that your life can change in an instant mm -hmm. by the decision you make. It seems almost bizarre to say it. You can be thinking about a big move you can be thinking about a big project, like I thought about doing a, a media show and a podcast, which I'm doing as well, like yourself. But it's the decision which you take, and it can be very quick. I'm going to do it, and the next day, everything changes. And people forget that. They think it's more complicated than that. It's just a decision. And when you make the decision, you then go forward. I don't know how to describe it in a better way, Robert. But So for me, some of the moments in my life, I can go back down to a very simple decision, made it. And then I followed through, but I realized that some of the decisions I made very late, <laughs> but, but the point was, is that, you know, you know, to encourage people that actually on the other side of where they are right now is just a, a little wall and it's called decision. It's just make it and you, you know, you'll get there. Yeah. Good, bad, indifferent, go left, go right, go straight. It's up to you. Just decide, do something and don't procrastinate any longer. If you feel a yearning or a need to yeah. do something, then I, I just say, just dive in and have a, yeah. And I, I'm not perfect. I've had plenty of procrastination moments and ask my wife, she'll tell you I'm a procrastinator in chief for lots of things around the house. And I remember one of my mentors who always used to tell me, you know, if you want to get clear on stuff, you don't wait till it becomes clear. That's not how it works in life. You take action and then things get clearer. So start with an imperfect plan, but start, get out there, take action on whatever you're trying to do things will get clearer because that's how life works. You're going to zigzag. You'll go left, you go right, you make a mistake, you'll meet someone and then your life will change. And, you, and that's how it works. So for all of you procrastinators and perfectionists, and that's another disease, another P, <laughs> you know, it's, it's the very bad diseases. You need to deal with them by making a decision and taking action. I spent a lot of time in the last year studying a whole lot of Jordan Belford stuff. So Jordan Belford is the Wolf of Wall Street. If you don't know, if you've never yeah. seen that movie, you should watch that with Leonardo DiCaprio. That'll tell you who he is. But Jordan was a, um, an exceptionally good sales guy on Wall Street. And he developed a sales program called the Straight Line Theory. It's a straight line to get from A to B. And as you're selling, people will take you off on a tangent to the left and then they'll come back to the center where you want them to be. Then they'll move off to the right. And they zigzag all the way along that straight line. And it's your job to bring people back in and corral them back in. And I think it's a really good kind of metaphor and analogy for life as well. You want to go from here where you're sitting right now to the goal where you want it to be. 
unfortunately, it's never a straight line. You've got to zigzag your way up there. And at points along that journey, you find yourself standing on that straight line, looking at the goal and going, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That's what I was going to do. Oh, look at that yeah. shiny thing over there to the right. And then off you go. And it goes back and forwards like that. So it's a good theory that you described there. And it's, it's actually a pretty good way to live life as well. Just take imperfect action and, and go for it. Go for it. So you've got this really cool thing called the expat hero. Talks about setting up business in another country and doing all of that stuff. Now, going to another country is exciting by itself. It's an adventure, building networks, making new friends, meeting new people, making a life for yourself is pretty cool. But setting up a business when you go to another country, now that is going all in. Now, it sounds like you've got a lot of experience in and around that. Tell me about your mission and what you're trying to do. Yeah, no, thanks, Robert. Look, look I mean, I've, I've been one of these people that's lived out of their home country for the past 14, 15 years. And at the same time, I've had this curiosity about entrepreneurship. I've worked in some businesses helping entrepreneurs, and I've set up some businesses myself. And some of the skills and the characteristics you need to survive as, as an expat, as someone away from home, your home country, are the same sort of skills you need when you're setting up a business. You need quite some resilience and quite some ability to connect with people in a, in a very unfamiliar environment. But I, I wanted to combine those two passions and say, well, look, how can I help people who find themselves away from their home country, but they want independence, they want freedom, they want to create something for themselves, and they, they don't want to have to be told that all these things like language barriers and local bureaucracy are going to get in the way and keep them down. No, I want to be able to find a way to empower them to get over those things. So I thought, well, let's start by getting, getting a message out there. Um, I've created a podcast and it's, and it's called Expat Business Hero. Why did I choose that name? Well, expat, I think it's pretty clear, someone that's living away from their home country. Business hero, well, I think there's a hero's journey and there's a journey that everyone's going to take when they create a business. And I want people to become the heroes of their journey and the heroes for their community that they want to serve. And the podcast is a start point. It's about connecting with those people around the world who are doing this today. And there are many of them. I just spoke with a, with a lady this morning who's in Singapore, I telling him about her business that she set up over there. So I'm meeting some amazing people around the world who want to tell their story, how they did it, the ups and the downs and, and the lessons they've learned, and particularly the help that they got to get there because nobody does this on their own. So this is a, this is a fun project. This is the example of one of those zigzag things, uh, mm -hmm. Robert, because I'm, I'm doing this, I'm listening to what people are saying, having some great conversations, and I'm listening to what people are saying about what they want next. And that's the mission where it's gonna develop further. I've got two ideas and concepts that people are wanting me to develop further. One is around the whole idea of mentoring. How can people actually take their skills? A lot of these people have moved abroad. They've got amazing experience, whether they're working or not. They've got experience and skills and talents, and they're not using them. And so can they take those skills and teach other people? Can they become mentors to other people and create a business around that? And the second thing is that this whole concept of a portable business. You see, when you, when you move country, you're inherently sort of worried and fearing that you may have to leave again. And if you're going to create a business, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to sell up that shop you just created? No. Can you create a business that can move with you, that stays with you? So these two concepts, I think, are the, is the way that I want to serve this particular community is around portable businesses and mentoring. And uh, right now I'm having a lot of fun. You know, Robert, I must admit, it's just fun. I, I, we were chatting beforehand. You know, you, you start a podcast, radio show, and all of a sudden, you know, you're at the park and someone's, you know, you, well, 
people come up to you that you don't know, but it's usually the people that come up to me that I know already. And they just, yeah. they just want to talk about, you know, the last guest yeah. you had on your show. And uh, uh, it's brilliant. I love it. It's inspiring. I was talking about doing business in China with a mate of mine, Michael, and he, he's a Chinese Australian guy and a first generation Aussie. And he's got a lot of contacts back in China and he runs a, a health and wellness store here in Australia. He's got a couple of shop fronts and he's got an online store. And we were talking about exporting products into China and what it was like. And he sort of, when you really sit with somebody that's done that and understands the culture and speaks the languages and the different dialects and all of those sorts of things. And everybody in Australia wants to do trade with China because we've got all these fantastic government incentives to help you and the free trade agreement. And the government is just so fantastic here in Australia when it comes to exports and things like that to help you. And it seems like a, a reasonably easy task from the outside looking in, but the reality on the ground is very different. Of course, there's so many cultural nuances and differences and they're not going to do business with me, with Rob from Cronulla in where in Sydney, never heard of the place. Some of those cities in China have got, you know, more population than all of Australia combined, you know, a, a population of 23 or four, 24 million people is a small city in China. And I think Aussies inherently look at that and think, well, if I can be successful in that little small place, then imagine what I could do if I could access other markets in China. And there's a lot of businesses out there here in Australia that help you get on the ground in China and help you make those connections and make those things. What would you say to somebody that was considering starting a business in a country that's not their own about the cultural differences and how to navigate those things? What would you say a sensible way to do that is? You see, I'm probably not going to give the answer that most people would expect. And I think a lot of people would expect me to talk about how to fit in and understand the local environment and so on and so forth. I'm not going to say that. I firmly believe in playing to your strengths rather than trying to work on your weaknesses. And when you're moving into an environment, your weaknesses are you don't fit in, you don't speak the language, you don't know the local bureaucracy, and you, and you have, you know, you're, you're not connected. So I, I'm trying to think of turning it around and saying, well, what do you know? What are you good at? Well, actually, I probably had a career for the past 20 years and I, and I, or some pretty good talent and skill. So that's what I'll start with. I'll start with that. That's what I know. What else could you be good at if you got some help? Well, I could probably get some technology help and figure out how to spread the word about what I know. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden today with technology, with the internet, with being able to learn how to speak and teach and help others, you can take your expertise and no matter where you are, rather than playing to the disadvantage of being in some remote town, you can suddenly say, well, look, even though I'm here, I'm going to teach, help, train, mentor, whatever you want to call it, people from wherever they are in the world on my subject. And I'm not going to allow the fact that I'm in the middle of nowhere to be a disadvantage. And in fact, I'm going to use it as part of my story. It's going to be part of my brand. It's going to be part of the journey that people will understand. And it'll make me stand out. I'll be exotic. I'll be different. So I'll use it that way as a story. But I'm not going to allow myself and I'm not going to allow the people I help to, to use where they are living as a disadvantage. We don't have to do that anymore. We need to turn it around. And that's the way I think. That's the thinking that I want to help other people adopt. You know, there are other ways of doing it, of course. And I'll be honest and say that you're living in some countries and they present amazing opportunities. So you should take them locally if you can and make your connections and use the market you can. But 
if that is too difficult, then there are, there are other ways you can, you can teach the world what you know from, from the comfort of your, from your home, your office, wherever you are in the world. Right, right. That's the last thing that I actually expected that you were going to say in the answer, but it's very <laughs> sensible. It's a, it's a shift in mindset, really. When I asked Michael that question, what, what could we do to get our products there in, you know, on the ground in China? And he said, well, we've got to find somebody local there. We're probably going to have to pay off a few people. It's a little bit corrupt. And you know, that's just the, the fact of some places that you, you're in. You've just got to play to the Special rule. local tax. Yeah. yeah, you've got to pay your local tax and you've got to play with the rules that are already there on the ground. You can't go there and change the rules even though they've been like that for 100 years. It's just the way things are. But you're quite right. I think that your skills are transportable these days no matter where you are on the planet. And if you develop those skills and hone them into something that's teachable and coachable, even better again. So that's really, really sound advice, mate. It's fantastic. How's the broadcasting going for you, mate? How are you different after having fun with it, having these amazing conversations with incredible guests? How, how has it changed you? I think it's changed me profoundly. I'm probably naturally an introvert. I don't seek attention naturally. If you put me on a stage, I'll speak and I can speak well, but I don't necessarily go looking for that. And all of a sudden, here I am broadcasting to the world and interviewing people and enjoying it. And it's incredible. I think the thing that's amazing is that all of these guests have got great stories to tell. I'm having fun. I don't take it too seriously because you can't. You've got to have fun doing this. So I'm trying to make sure that we have a slightly lighthearted touch to the whole thing and, and look at the, you know, the funny side of, of what it means to be you know, an expat entrepreneur. But the amazing thing, and I think you'll probably testify to this, Robert, is that you just never know who you're going to meet next. And I'm meeting some incredible people and they're enabling me to meet other incredible people. And these are all potential future business partners, friends. You never know which way it's going to go. And this is all just from broadcasting and helping people to tell their story. So having a lot of fun, who knows which way it'll go left, right. We'll just let time tell, but you know, we're, we're getting those episodes out, you know, once a week, Every week we're getting an episode out and, you know, plenty more to come. I think anybody that's an expat somewhere in the world is looking for a business to start. One really fantastic way to start a business is to start a podcast because a podcast is the ultimate networking hack and inviting people on that you would otherwise not be able to access or speak with is actually pretty easy. And I can say that from experience. It's probably reflective of other podcasters' experience as well. So if you're not sure what to do, maybe you could think about starting a podcast. What would you say to that, Alex? Would you agree with that? Well, <laughs> the thing is, I'll, I'll be honest. I wasn't actually 100% clear myself right? And when I started. But I said the following. I said, but I'm actually quite good at speaking with people. I'm good at interviewing people. I'm good at bringing the best out of people. Mm-hmm. So why don't I just do that and see where that takes me? And that is exactly why I did this. I started the podcast, this journey, this show with that in mind and, you know, execute, then you'll become clear. And as you go forward, the ideas start coming, the connections start coming. So it's a fantastic piece of advice, Robert. It really is. If, if you want to get some clarity into your thinking, broadcast, get yourself out there, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a video show, and I'll, I'll eventually get onto doing videos, whether it's even just a blog, but get your thoughts down connect people, give them value, and you'll never know what's going to happen next. It's very what exciting. A, 
what I would say about podcasting and, you know, I think just in business in general, if you're going to make a decision about doing something, you've got to decide to go all in on it. Now you've been all in on a couple of things in your life and recently as well. What would you say about decisions? What would you say the top three things are about clarity of decisions and, and the way to go about those things? Well, like I said before, I think this whole concept of going all in, right? It's a great concept. And we all have our own way of, of expressing that. For me, the three things that always stand out, one I mentioned before, which was this idea of it's about the decision to start with. That's the pivot which can change your life, right? But then second to follow up on that is what I call accountability. Now, there are different ways of looking at accountability, but there are two simple ways. One is commit yourself somehow to what you're about to do. And this can either be financially, you know, where you're, you're, thro you're throwing your sack of money over the wall. As now it you're were, but yeah, then you're committed. And, and, and listen, that's a very, very powerful way because if you're not investing in yourself, if you're not investing in what you're trying to do, then how do you expect other people to invest in you? I mean, so that's one. The second one is sometimes, and this, this works for some people and not with others, but tell people what you're going to do whether it's a mentor or whether it's the public, but, and this is very frightening. I remember telling the whole world that I was going to be setting up a, a podcast, very intentional about it. And I tell you what, there was no way I was going to back down after that. I mean, it was, so this whole idea of account, you've got to find what works for you, but it's really, really key for going all in as far as I'm concerned is that's you know, accountability money or, or, or uh, accountability to someone else. And the third one, I mentioned it before was this, this whole, clarity through action piece. These are the three principles, decisions, accountability, and clarity through action that I work with. The clarity piece, as I said before, I have been through all kinds of journeys trying to get clear on stuff. You know, I've worked with coaches to help me find my purpose. I've tried to look at different businesses and so forth. And not easy, not easy. The danger is, is you end up going into a big rabbit hole and never really coming out without anything concrete from the other side. But if you look back in your life and if anyone looks back in their life and deconstructs what they've actually done, you can probably find that the most interesting things or the most successful outcomes you've had, they never started with a grand plan. They kind of started further back with a slightly different plan, mm -hmm. but somehow through connections and people you met and the fact that you took action, you got there. So as I said before, you know, start the imperfect plan, have a goal, but remember, it's as much about the, the, the zigzag, the journey getting there, that, that it is about actually achieving the goal. Um, the goals will come, but by the time you get your goals, they're already irrelevant and you want to be doing something much, much bigger anyway. But uh, you will become a different person when you set big goals and you get started with an imperfect plan. You will become a different person. And that's what you really want. It's about who you become and who you impact on the way, not about some personal consumption goal at the end. Beautifully said, mate. That's, I love it. On, on that note of being a different person and setting big goals, what would you say if you had two minutes with your 17-year-old self? You only got two minutes. You got to be really quick. You went back in time. There he was. Man, he was young. He was good looking. Look at him go. He was tall. He was a 400-meter runner. Gosh, what did you run 400 meters in? Do you remember? <sighs> I think I did it in 52 seconds. I don't I can't oh remember. God, man, that's like the lactic acid from hell. Oh, that's yeah, it hurts. Anyone hurts, yeah. pick 400 meters to be in an event like that. That's kind of hard. What would you say? I would say, don't be afraid to speak up and speak out for what you believe in. Second, I would say, 
don't judge people. Meet and connect with people and see what you can learn from them. Because if you start to filter in the world who you think are the right people, the wrong people, you might be missing out on a lot of amazing influences in your life. And the third thing is, you know, be true to your values. And the values I think I always think will get you far are integrity. You know, if you're going to say you're going to do something, do it and mean what you say. And compassion. Remember that there are a lot of people who are not as potentially fortunate as yourself or whatever, but remember you should always care for people and be compassionate on the journey. It's not just about getting trampling over people to get to your goal. You've got to take people with you. So those are sort of things I'd say, you know, assuming that this 17 year old would actually listen to me, Robert. And I tell you, do they always listen to me at that age? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's what I was going to say, man. You went, you went deep in your two minutes, man. You went all the way down there. I would have oh. just said, whatever you do, don't kiss that girl and stay away from that bloke and don't drink that beer that night ended up badly. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's all that. Yeah. No, but I, I'm going to let, let him figure those things out himself because, um, that was the fun part, actually. <laughs> Some mistakes you've got to make yourself. I mean, really. They're very true. Very true. Tell me, as we draw to a close in the interview here, what are your daily non-negotiable habits? What is it that you do every day that helps you uh, keep sharp focus, bring your A game? Yeah, I, I, this thing about habits comes up a lot. I'm probably not the best person with habits. I, I, always, I always struggle with habits. And, but there's one thing I do do regularly is that I read. I read a lot. and I even read on my, my, my iPhone, whether my iPhone or iPad. The kids think I'm on the internet surfing Facebook and all that. But I said, look, I'm, I'm actually reading here. So leave me alone. But I read. I read. I read. And I like to I follow people who are either true stories of people who have done great things, people who help people to develop themselves. I'm, I love Jim Rohn. I think he's an amazing teacher. Yeah. And, and other entrepreneurs who created you know, businesses and you've got lessons to learn from. So I'm, I'm always trying to read and understand what they've done. I don't like to try and invent the wheel. And I think that, you know, I know some friends and some entrepreneurs that think they want to do it all themselves and they, they want to figure out. And I always, I always wonder and ask them, have you read this guy? Have you studied this thing here? And they go, no, 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 I'm going to do it myself. And I always think that's a bit of a shame. So uh, reading is probably the one thing which is consistent, I'd say. The other habits, Robert, are work in progress. And the next time you speak with me, I'm sure I'm going to say things like, I get up early in the morning and do this, that, and the other. I probably will be getting up early because we've just got a new puppy in the family. And this morning he announced to the world that he was needed to get up at half past five. So I think the dog is going to help us get into a much better routine. That's what I can say. The fur child will help you get out the, the door in the morning and go for a walk when it's warm outside and Indeed. maybe even when it's cold too. Yes. You never know. Well, <laughs> thank you, Alex, so much for coming on the Go All In podcast and sharing your show. Where can people find out more about your business and your podcast? Well, the podcast is up on iTunes. It's called Expat Business Hero. And if they search on the iTunes search engine, they can find it there. Um, I've also got a Facebook page where, where we, we highlight the show and other things. It's called facebook.com forward slash expat business hero. And of course, my main website, which is alexcongdon.com. And there, that's where I'm going to be, you know, obviously highlighting the podcast, but also some of the other programs I develop in the future. But I'd love to connect with anybody who wants to reach out. Fantastic. Well, I'll make sure all of those links are included in the show notes. And if you haven't already subscribed to the Go All In podcast, if you could just pop on over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button for us, that helps us out a whole boatload. And if you leave a review, if you like what you hear or you don't, that'd be great too. 
If you're a first-time listener, well, what a treat that was. Alex has been fantastic in so giving. And if you're a repeat offender, thank you so much for coming back. We love the repeat offenders and having you on the show. Well, that's all we got for this episode. Thanks again, Alex, and we'll see you guys all again soon. Bye for now.